Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 297. Fire, 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 fire. Your daily dose of inspiration, encouragement, and energy from the most successful entrepreneurs in the world. Prepare to ignite now. This is Entrepreneur on Fire with John Lee Dumas. Entrepreneur on Fire. Fire. Hey, yo, Fire Nation. LegalZoom is the go-to provider of affordable legal protection. Just ask one of the three dozen companies on the Inc. 500 list. Go to LegalZoom.com to find the service that's right for you. Enter FIRE in the referral box at checkout. Okay, Fire Nation, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Corey Poirier. Corey, are you prepared to ignite... I am absolutely prepared to ignite John. (laughs) All right. Corey is an award-winning speaker, host of the Conversations with Passion radio show, a best-selling author, founder of a media company, and an interviewer who has personally interviewed over 2,200 of the world's high achievers. And Fire Nation, you think I've talked to a lot of people. (whistles) Giving Fire Nation just a little overview, Corey, but take a minute. Tell us about you personally. We want to get to know you. And then give us an overview of your business. Well, thank you so much, John. And you know, I'll jump it right in and say that I guess I was—I've been reflecting recently about how my path is perhaps a, a little unique from the average, and what I guess brought me to where I am today. And so, I guess my background probably explains how I got to where I'm at and perhaps why it maybe is a different path than maybe the norm. And so what that is, is I got my start back in 2002 in the world of stand-up comedy. And it really, I guess you could say, uh, changed my my uh, direction in life because I had no intention to become a speaker or an interview or a journalist or any of those things. And I get started in stand-up comedy And it expanded my comfort zone bigger than I ever thought possible. And then I also learned how you can apply what people are doing in the comedy club trenches in business. And then I kind of brought that forward on the communication side, what I learned in the stand-up comedy world about communication and started interviewing people just to learn a little bit more about them. And next thing you know, it becomes a a full-on passion. And then I guess if I bring it all full circle, finally what happened is after communicating and interviewing people and also uh, still doing stand-up comedy in the the comedy clubs, I realized somewhere along the way that somewhere in between all this stuff was a a career in speaking. And so it all kind of evolved into the the Corey I am today. But I really noticed that it all really rooted back to stand-up comedy. And I don't think many people on the show will probably start at at those roots, if you will. I would definitely say not. And just kind of a quick little interlude here. I have some loving fans that like to poke fun at how I say the word hot. Because I am from Maine, so it sounds more like an H-U-T. I mean, Maine is basically part of Canada. But I think that this episode, we're going to be able to focus on how you say about. What do you think, Corey? (laughs) Yeah, I I agree. Does that sound about uh, right? It sounds about right. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you know what, John, it's that's I don't even know if that's the Canadian or if that's the uh, East Coast Canadian, because I'm actually working in Alberta today. And my buddies, when I first moved out to Alberta years ago, they used to just uh, have parties. And part of the party was let's just get the guy to say about and car (laughs) and red and dad (laughs) and all the words that I flatten. So I don't know if that's a Canadian thing or, or an Atlantic 
East Coast Canadian thing. Very cool. Well, thanks for being so candid about it. And let's just launch into our success quote because we love starting Entrepreneur on Fire off with a success quote to get that motivational ball rolling, Corey. So take it away. Well, not to name drop, uh, John, but... Drop some had, names, uh, come on. Okay. Well, we, we had uh, on our show recently, we had uh, Tom Ziegler, so the, the yes. son of the iconic Zig Ziegler. And so it made me, you know, one of the quotes that I guess in some ways was the first quote that really impacted my life and career was the quote by Zig Ziegler, which is a paraphrase that you will get all you want in life if you can just help enough other people get what they want. That is absolutely the, the quote that's made the biggest difference in my life, especially early in my career. Well, take it down to the ground level, Corey. How do you actually apply that mantra to your everyday life, to your business? Well, what I try to do, and, and it's kind of the core of the various different business lines, if you will, so each different business that we operate, they're all surrounding the idea of helping other people get more of what they want and become the best version of themselves. So I really just try to make sure that every single business activity I'm doing is really rooted in how can I help other people become better versions of themselves. Love that, Corey. I mean, that is just taking it down to the ground level in so many different ways. Zig Ziglar, Jim Rohn, these are two guys that get quoted fairly often on Entrepreneur on Fire because what they lay down, the truth that they lay down is timeless. I mean, this is truly something that worked in 1775, in 1895, and now in 2013. And it's just great to kind of really hammer that home. But we can't talk about all Cheerios and happiness. We got to talk about the tough stuff every now and then too. And as you know, Corey, Entrepreneur on Fire is about the journey. And not all of our journey is just a straight line up. We have those failures and those challenges and those obstacles. So share one of those times with us. Really get down to the ground level, Corey. We want to hear a story. Tell us about that failure that you faced and how you overcame it. Well, John, I, I promise I won't uh, refer back to stand-up comedy too often, but as far as uh, an obstacle that I guess you could say uh, I learned from that I brought forward into my business life from the stand-up world, if you don't mind, I'll share a, an obstacle that I faced in that world. Please. Yeah, this is your journey. I want you to choose a story that you feel resonates, and we all love when stand-up comedians get booed off stage, so go ahead. <laughs> well, you know what? That's one of these stories. So, <laughs> so John, my, when I started in stand-up comedy, to give you the quick backstory, I had this, uh, this gentleman who was in a stage play, my very first stage play that I ever directed, said, I don't know if you heard about this, but there's a stand-up comedy workshop coming to town. Two weeks of uh, a workshop that was going to teach us how to adjust the mic stand. And as we learned as we got in the course, it only taught us that and that fact that Lenny Bruce, Lenny Bruce ruled. That was our training. <laughs> the third week, we found ourselves in a nightclub. And the person putting this whole thing together said, you're going to come and watch people entertain you. That's going to be week three. You're actually going to see live comedy. So we get to the show. There's 15 of us, would-be amateur stand-up comics. I decided to go uh, to the bathroom, uh, come back out, and I noticed that it's five to minutes to start time, and there's no comics here yet. So I looked at the guy who was putting it all together, and I said, Guy, which is what his name was, where are the entertainers? And he turned to us and said, you're looking at him. This is like an episode of The Bachelor. Go on. <laughs> so, yeah, it was uh, essentially he, he was telling us, you guys are the entertainers. You're, Corey, you're going to be watching while Bill entertains you. And Bill, you're going to be watching while Corey entertains you. And so we were told basically five minutes before showtime that we had uh, to start learning how to perform stand-up comedy. So I went back to the bathroom looking this time for the exit window. And there wasn't <laughs> any. And I came back out. And this is a really big life lesson. 
eight out of the seven or 15 people that were there in the first place were gone. Oh, yeah. I've never seen them again. The seven that stayed are still, for the most part, doing stand-up to this day. So the approach was kind of unique, but, but it worked. But finishing the story off, so what happens now is, okay, it's showtime, basically, and they're all now debating and arguing over who's going up first because nobody wants to be the sacrificial lamb. And so I finally decided if you're going to face a fear, you got to face it head on. So I headed up to the stage and I grabbed the mic and I told at the time what I considered to be the best joke I've ever told in my life to dead silence. Can we hear that joke? <laughs> you know what? It was at that time, John. I don't even know if I remember the joke. I'd have to go back in my memory bank. <laughs> if it pops up, break in with that. And as long as it's not X-rated, we'll love it. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It could be extra too. I was quite nervous. Uh, but, but, and the, the other side to the joke is it didn't obviously work in my head, right? I said, wow, well, wait a minute. This stand-up comedy thing's tougher than I thought. And so now the streams of sweat are rolling down my face. And so I thought, well, if you're going to face the fear, you got to go deeper. So I told the second best joke. And nothing. Dead silence. Now, I know it didn't happen, but I could have sworn tumbleweeds went by the stage. <laughs> and, and so what happened finally after all of that is uh, Guy, the person putting it together, calls me over to the corner of the stage and hits me in the back of the head lightly and says, you idiot, we haven't turned the mic on yet. <laughs> so, so that was my first ever experience in stand-up comedy. And what I learned from that is that you're going to make mistakes. You're going to fail. And if you're willing to go and fail and step outside your comfort zone, it's your biggest and best chance to ever grow to the person that you're meant to become. Wow, Corey. Well, I can tell you, first off, thank you for sharing that because it's never easy to share such a raw, such an open and honest moment in our lives. And I can tell you that from firsthand experience as well, because just about a month ago, I released an interview where it was like episode 270. I interviewed my coach, Jamie Tardy, the eventual millionaire. And it was a great interview. It was my 270th interview. I mean, and we were very comfortable. We were going back and forth. But what I did after the interview is I waited for five seconds and then I dropped in our first episode ever coaching call together where I interviewed her a year prior when I had never been on a microphone before. And OMG, Corey, was I horrible. I was awkward. I was scripted. But I put it out there exactly why you told this story because I wanted Fire Nation to hear that, holy crap, I may not be a great host right now, but I was horrible back then. I mean, I was worse than probably any of them would be if they started a podcast right now. But if you want to be, do. And I live by that quote, you actually have to do it. And I'm sure God I had a very interesting course, but one thing that he did do right is that he got you guys on stage because that is the defining moment. You can learn and learn and learn, but until you actually take that step and get up in front of people and actually tell that first joke, that is your step in the right direction. That's what it is for you. So Corey, boil it down for us. What's one clear lesson that you learned from this experience? Well, a clear lesson that I learned absolutely for sure is that and, and it's hard to do this without without a visual to show it, but I, I look at my, and I've looked at my comfort zone as this little baby circle when I started. And what happened is I noticed that whenever I conquered certain fears, it grew and expanded. And so the stand-up comedy, by by getting on that stage and doing what I did, and by the way, after that time, I did probably about 700 shows since, and uh, it ended up being on CDs and, and uh, TV and et cetera, et cetera, because I took that first step. But what I noticed is, is that when I stepped outside my comfort zone in that world, because I had a fear of public speaking at the time, it massively expanded my comfort zone. So the lesson I learned is that 
if you want to find out who you can become, you need to be willing to take those steps. And further to that, when people ask me, what is the secret to success? And as you and I know, John, there's, there's many variables and many perhaps secrets, but I'll tell you one that I've discovered along the way is that keyword that I think you mentioned earlier, at least you've implied it, is the idea of taking action. Taking action in hard gosh darn work. Yeah, absolutely. But the action part, so many people say, I, you know, I got an awesome book in, inside of me and they probably do. But until you start writing it on the page or typing it out, it's irrelevant. And until you send it out to that editor or that publisher, it's also irrelevant. I mean, you got to continue to take action and take steps and get out of the comfort zone. You have to be willing to fail. You have to be willing to accept rejection. In fact, you have to ask for it in a lot of areas because that's how you're going to improve. That's how you're going to find out what the target market really wants. You can pivot and become better. So Corey, let's move into the other end of the spectrum. You shared a very raw, a very open and honest story. I thank you for that on behalf of Fire Nation. But just like we experience failure and challenges, we also have those aha moments, those bright and shiny light bulbs that just come on in our head and we take action on those because they resonate with us. What was your moment, Corey? And how'd you turn that into success? My aha moment would have to be when I, when I read my first book. And I guess the part that's unique about that, John, is that it was at 27 years of age, which I don't think a lot of people start that late in life if they're going to end up becoming readers. And what I've noticed is after reading that book, the book that finally pulled me in, it it changed the way I approached learning and feeding my brain. So it actually transformed me more than any other thing that I've probably ever done since. And because it, it gave me that love of learning. And, you know, I've learned learners are leaders. So reading that first book was the moment. It was the aha moment of, oh, my God, when I hear people say they love reading or they love learning or they've been able to apply the stuff they learned to to find a way to arrive at a better life. Now I get it. Do you remember what that book was? I, yeah, 100 percent. It was uh, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. Huge great book on so many different levels. That's actually a book that should be in everybody's rotating repertoire every year at the very least. And you know what, John, if I can share one more aspect to it that makes it even more unique is I read the book and I said the first book, I was assigned probably three or four books in school. And, you know, I found ways to creatively not read them. Uh, Cliff Notes. Hello. Cliff Notes. Absolutely. And and, and in a couple of cases, friends of mine that whose name may or may not have been Cliff that helped me with the (laughs) the book. But also, and this I think is big, is that the book itself was bought for me by my mother. Uh, so I didn't read any of those books that were signed early on. And at 27, I go on this uh, trip. Uh, I was working. And here's the funny part. I'd already been in, working in, in the corporate world for, I guess, seven or eight years in very uh, aggressive sales roles. I'd worked with Toshiba Canada uh, for five years. Then I was at Konica Minolta at the time. And she handed me this book. I was going on a retreat and said, oh, I picked up this book for you at the flea market for a quarter. You might like it. Threw it in the bag. And uh, I read the book. It pulled me, I mean, I still remember the first story in the book that he told, and it pulled me into such a degree that I actually finished the book and started reading again. So it was almost the second book I read as well. (laughs) Corey, wow, 27, the first time you really read a book. That is a little bit of a late start, but I mean, it's refreshing for everybody out there to hear that maybe hasn't really read a book of self-improvement, of just self-knowledge that they can really start now. It's never too late. There's never too late of a time to start to really gain that. And what specific actions did you take following that book that really started to turn things around for you? I started reading 
additional books. So I started, uh, once I, I found it, I can actually finish a book because I was- The domino effect, baby. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. It started, uh, well, I'll put it this way. Today, I read about three books a month. I average of three books a month. I read Success Magazine and uh, I, I consume the audio CD. I listen to podcasts. I watch TED and I could go on and on. But that was a domino effect that uh, you, Darren Hardy has the book, The Compound Effect. And really, that's what it was to me. I, I read that first book and I did. I said it was the second book. I think I actually bailed on it halfway through because I was like, I already read this. Like, I want to get into something new now because I actually can read. And so I jumped <laughs> onto another book and it just spiraled. Like I think that and now this part I'm, I'm guessing at, but I think the second book would have been something like Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. Oh, yeah. Another classic. Yeah. What I did was I actually went to people that I respected and who I knew were readers and had been learning. And I said, what books do you recommend? And the ones that were at the top of the list, I just started diving in. And so my, I guess you could say my immediate action was I started, let's say, engaging in the learning process right away. Very powerful. And have you seen that Tom Hanks movie, Castaway? Yes, I have. I'm just picturing you on that island, like with the book instead of fire. You'd be like, I have created reading. And like, you're just so excited about the fact that you've created this massive tool of learning for you. And let me ask you a quick question. Yeah. Have you read the book, The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson? Regrettably, no. And the reason I say regrettably is you wouldn't believe how many, well, you probably would, how many times people are saying, have you read that book? The major reason why I'm recommending it right now, and you should be excited because it's an amazing book you're just going to completely dive into. That was the book that inspired The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. Oh, really? Yes. I did not know that. So there's a little treat waiting for you and any Fire Nation listeners. You can definitely get The Compound Effect, The Slight Edge, Dale Carnegie's book. I mean, all of these books are available. They're at your fingertips right now. Amazon makes it so easy. It could be there in two days free shipping or two seconds if you buy it on your Kindle. Incredible stuff. But listen, let's move forward now. And Corey, I want to talk about something that I always get different answers from with every single guest. Have you had an I've made it moment? I wouldn't ever say I've looked at it as an I made it moment, but I've, I've had a lot of, wow, that was super cool. You know, that was a super cool moment. Or Let's hear was, your super coolest moment. I'd love to have something that was uh, really, you know, really sexy. Uh, but, but the truth is, a big moment for me is, I'm a, I'm a, I was a massive fan of Chicken Soup for the Soul when the first one came out. Yes. So much so that I was probably 18. Of course, I hadn't read my first book. And I was, those were short stories. So I read a couple of pieces of it. And I submitted. I went right to the back because it's my personality. And I submitted a, <laughs> a story. Like so the very first one, the green book, the first one that started it all. But for whatever reason, and it's very rare that this would have happened, I remember the name of the authors. Like I remember Jack Canfield and Mark Victor Hansen right from that day. And so for me, a, a super cool wow moment was approaching Jack Canfield about an interview and actually securing and getting the interview, knowing that he doesn't take as many as he used to. I know he used to do three or four interviews a day when they were early on in the books uh, creation, but to interview that guy was just a, a super, for me, it was an aha, a super wow, I've made a moment, I guess, if you will, or a, a wow, that was cool moment. Love that. That's an I made a moment. I mean, that's one that goes down in the history books right there, Corey. So great stuff. Thank you for sharing another specific story in your journey. And now let's move into present times. I mean, you have a lot of cool things going on in a lot of different areas. Share with Fire Nation one thing that's just really exciting you right now. Well, <laughs> this I, well, I guess it's really full circle, John, and it relates completely to uh, to what you're doing with Fire Nation and Entrepreneurs on Fire. Is the the idea of what podcasting technology can do now? Like, I love the idea that I can now listen to podcasts in my car. 
I mean, I talked about, I started listening to Success Magazine's audio CD when the first, when Darren Hardy relaunched the magazine. And I, I mean, I'm, I was a kid in a candy store when those CDs arrived. And it's just unbelievable to me now that I can go on to podcasts and I literally go listen around the clock to podcasts from the comfort of my car. And I'm, I drive often. So it's, I'm just super excited about the fact that there's such a shortcut to those podcasts and that knowledge compared to what it was years ago and what it was before where you had to walk through the store of uh, chapters or even uh, go on Amazon and order the audio CD, which of course that's awesome and there's nothing wrong with, but just so excited that now I can jump and access a show immediately through my, let's say my iPhone or in, in the car. I just think that's awesome. It's free. It's on demand. It's targeted. It's exactly what you want. And I just recently interviewed Noah Shanock, who's the CEO of Stitcher Radio, and they are securing deals, Corey, with all the major car companies to go in the dashboard of 2014, 2015 cars rolling off the lot. So just like you can turn to Sirius XM Radio, you're going to be able to turn to Stitcher Radio and stream podcasts right from your car's dashboard. How exciting is that? For me, it's it's even it's really exciting, but it's close to home because I put our show on the Stitcher platform just a few weeks ago for that for that reason. So I'm super excited. Ah, great for you, Corey. Good stuff. Just a great place that we're going. And what do you see for the vision of your future with what you're doing with conversations with passion and beyond? Well, what I'd like to do is, I guess, if I look at the different things that I've been able to do, perhaps with the brand. It, it, we're, you know, we're, we're bringing the knowledge to people, let's say, whether it's through the radio show, whether it's through the, uh, our business publication we have, the book series, we're, we're bringing the content and we're, we're bringing it directly to the targeted audience. But what I see the vision of the future for at least me is I want to find ways to more specifically target and bring that content to those people. So uh, for example, you know, one of the things that's, uh, that's in my head is, is, you know, a membership type thing uh, where it's membership based and they can access this content that we've created over years and years now. I mean, as you said, over 2,200 interviews now, so there's a lot of content just sitting there, even though we're sharing it all the time. So I guess for me, the vision I see is finding a way to, bring that content to people in unique ways. So as an example, it could be as simple as uh, having a print interview we did years ago where we never got the audio. Let's say like with Robin Sharma, our first interview with him was a print version. So, you know, I'd love to see the idea of me recording a video talking, here's the three takeaways that you can apply starting tomorrow from our interview with Robin. So I'd love to find ways to do that kind of stuff more. Really exciting stuff too. And we just had Paul Collin on the show not too long ago. And he talks about the idea of multicasting, which was what I really love. It's like podcasting, but it's actually multicasting and vidcasting because what it is, it combines and repurposes everything. So you record that video, Corey, and you post that video, but then you withdraw the audio from it and that's a podcast. And then you put a transcription to that and it's a blog post, multicasting. And it's a way that you can set up systems to repurpose great content on multiple levels. Because let's be honest, some people love to watch video. Some people love to only consume audio. Hey, only when I'm in a car, or only when I'm at the gym. That's the only time I can consume this stuff. Some people love to read and you want to be able to reach all of these people, you know, in whatever format they like to consume your content and make it available. And that's an easy way to do so. Yeah, that's that's where I, for me at least, that's where I'd like to see myself go as well. Is like you said, to reach them in every platform that works for them so that I'm not leaving anybody out, but I'm also making sure the audience is fully engaged all the way through. Very exciting stuff, Corey. And we're going to take a second to thank our sponsor, LegalZoom. On your mark, get set, no, no, no. 
That's all wrong. We're supposed to be taking a time out to thank our sponsor today, LegalZoom. Now you know how big I am on the just start mentality, and LegalZoom is here to help you do just that. Get started. That's why they offer award-winning services at an affordable price. LegalZoom services have been developed by the best legal minds in the country, and every business they engage with gives personalized attention from start to finish. Here's a quick disclaimer. LegalZoom is not a law firm and provides self-help services at your specific direction, but there's so much more. Now, every LLC and incorporation package includes an easy-to-use business accounting software, a $269 value for free. Be sure to enter FIRE in the referral box at checkout. FIRE Nation, I urge you to protect what's yours and just start today. Visit LegalZoom.com and enter the code FIRE. So we've now reached my favorite part of the show. We're about to enter the lightning round. And this is where I get to ask you, Corey, a series of questions. And you come back at us, Fire Nation, with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Works for me. I'm ready to go. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? <laughs> you know what, John? I, I don't know if you would have gotten this answer before, but I, it still surprises me that it's, it's what held me back is I launched my first business extremely young. Well, I say extremely young. I mean, like most people, I had the lemonade stands and all that stuff. But I had a, a, a full-fledged business publication at around 18, 19 years old, which is kind of funny for a person who didn't read his first book because it was a print print publication. I never thought of that until I just said that out loud. But uh, I launched that at a young age. But what held me back, so it didn't hold me back from launching it, but what held me back from continuing with it in the way I probably should have were actually the relationships that I was in with people. So I let people in my life dictate how I live my life and in some ways transform what I was doing. So I often wondered for a lot of years by letting them dictate that, you know, you shouldn't keep going with this business. I actually held myself back in a way that I thought may have hindered me forever. Thankfully, you know, you learn as you get older that you always, there's always a chance for a do-over. But that's, so what held me back was the relationships and people that, that I let in my life at the time. Wow. What's the best advice you've ever received? To learn from others' mistakes. I've often said, and people have heard me say, if somebody can point a man to a manhole that they just fell down eight minutes ago and tell me, Corey, just jump over it or walk around it, <laughs> why would I want to fall down that manhole again? So learn from others' mistakes. What is one specific action that listeners can take in the next 24 hours to bring them one step closer to their dreams? Well, I would say if they're, if I'll take the example of social media. With social media, one of the things I've seen has been a big challenge is people don't know which platform should I be on. So the first action I would say is to determine where their friends, audience, um, anybody they want to connect with, engage with is at. And then the action they can take is spend a lot of time there. And why I say that is that I jumped on Facebook in 2006 and it took me a long time to realize it wasn't my best place to be. And I made the switch over to LinkedIn about a year, to, year ago. And I have to say, it's, it's almost completely transformed my entire business. And at the same time, it allows me to impact others' lives with powerful quotes or messages or lessons and what have you. So I would say to find out what social media uh, is the best one for you and then get on and start making things happen. Do you have an internet resource like an Evernote, Corey, that you're just in love with that you can share with our listeners? <laughs> yeah, Stitcher Radio. We've already Ooh, given them one yeah. But I'm using Stitcher and podcasting and iTunes, but Stitcher is the one, you know, I got the, I got the app on the phone and it's the first, it's my go-to one. So 
that's a great resource. Huge fan of the company. I love their vision where they're taking podcasting. Really exciting. And Fire Nation, you can find the links to this resource and everything that we've mentioned in today's episode by going to entrepreneuronfire.com slash Corey Poirier. Corey, if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? Well, you know, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to uh, be redundant with them. So, you know, of course, I would recommend How to Win Friends and Influence People. But to give you another book, so it's not just calling back or, you know, going back to the book I mentioned early on that changed my life. I would also say uh, Zig Ziglar, uh, Secrets to Closing the Sale, I believe is the exact title. <laughs> I might be off by a letter or a word. But yeah, Secrets to Closing the Sale by Zig Ziglar, I think is a hugely powerful book, whether you're in sales or not. Well, Fire Nation, if you haven't already, you can get the audio version of this book for free by going to eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com. So, Corey, this next question is my favorite, but it's kind of tricky. So take your time, digest it, then come back at us with an answer. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have. Your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? I I think probably my first step would be, well, I I moved to a, a new city years ago and the step that made the biggest impact for me, so it's what I would apply here, is to find the key local networking groups and the ones where the real meat is. And, and what I mean when I say that is the ones that relate the most to me. You know, it's you know, the networking groups that have the people that I'm looking for and wanting to work with. And then what I would do is I would go one step further and I would find out from the groups who are the uh, early adopters in these groups. Who are the people that everybody else looks to and says, you know, what's, what's happening out there and, and who should I get to know? And so I'd find those people, the early adopters, and then I would actually start interviewing them. Because I, I'm doing it now and, and I've seen how vastly it's changed my network and also my reach. So I would start interviewing the early adopters. And of course, I would encourage them to invite the people in their networks to to watch and listen to uh, wherever I'm, I'm airing the interviews, whether it's video streaming or podcasting. And of course, the, the reasoning behind that is that these are the early adopters. They know the most amount of people and, and the people they know are going to probably tune in to watch what they have to say. And of course, that would allow me to reach more people and help others at the same time while building my brand in the expert field. I mean, Corey, to your stand-up comedy days, to interviewing Jack Canfield, I mean, you've taken us on a true journey today. So thank you for that. Give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance and then share how we can find and connect with you and then we'll say goodbye. I would have to say that, and it's, it's going to sound like probably a strange one, but one of the things that I've noticed in the interviews, people always ask me, what, uh, what do you notice, Corey, is the, uh, the common trait or common uh, factor in these high achievers in, in the world of their success? And one of the things I've noticed, and I don't know if you've noticed this as well, John, but they're first of all able to avoid and remove the distractions in life and further completely focus on whatever they're doing at the time. We had uh, speaker Mike Lipkin on the show one time, and he defined it as being all in to whatever you're doing at the time. And so that could mean if you're on your phone, be all in on your phone. But when you're in front of a client or you're on the phone with a client, be all in with them and don't be distracted by the phone. So what I noticed in all these interviews with these high achievers is they didn't take calls and they found a way to make sure that they weren't distracted during our interviews. So the piece of advice I would give is find a way to do that. If you're, if you're dealing with constant distractions in your life, and I'm sharing with you that what I've seen is the high achievers have found a way to get rid of those distractions, then do likewise. 
Corey, that is such valuable advice. A word I love talking about that you brought up during that parting advice was focus. And for me, that's follow one course until success. Get that focus, drill down into it. Hey, I'm doing a seven day a week podcast. That takes focus. What is it going to take for you to focus? Put that on your plate and drive towards it. So Corey, what's the best way that we can find you? The easiest two ways would be, I would say, our, our radio show's website, which is simple. It's just conversationswithpassion.com. And then the secondary spot would probably be my website, uh, which is more, I guess, focused on the speaking side. So, I mean, there's more engagement for sure in the Conversations with Passion site. But the other site is coreypoirier.com, and the spelling of that is C-O-R-E-Y-P-O-I-R-I-E-R.com. And, of course, on both of those places, then they can find our social media links, and that's where you see, the, as, as you know, uh, John, the regular updates from people. So any of those methods would work well. Absolutely. And Fire Nation's well aware they can find the links to everything of value that we've mentioned in today's episode at eofire.com. Click on that podcast tab and you'll be right there in the archives, Corey. So Corey, thank you for being so generous with your time, your expertise and experience. Fire Nation salutes you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Awesome. I love it. Fire Nation. When I started my journey, I was alone. I had a vision and a whole lot of passion, but no one to support and help me along the way. What I needed was to join a mastermind, and that's exactly what I did. Now, I'm starting our masterminds, Fire Nation Elite. Visit FireNationElite.com to fill out your application and schedule a one-on-one 15-minute chat with me today. And now let's take a minute to thank our five-star reviews, DMAR85, a fan from Maine, Oxman J, Wade Reeves, Iron Daisy, CP Lewis, Destined to be King, Edwin Marino, and Just Glenn One. Thank you so much for supporting Entrepreneur on Fire, and I look forward to thanking everyone who does the same. Thank you for joining us at EntrepreneurOnFire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite!